Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. Well, we've been on this journey, and it, it's uh, this is something that I actually... It's connected with what we've been doing and with how to align ourselves with freedom. And I taught this stuff three years ago. And at the time, like, that's when everybody was, you know, even a couple people giving me prophecies again about writing a book. I don't want to write a book, so don't prophesy that to me. Uh, It's a lot of work, and I just don't feel that. But the insights that I gained in, in... and how the Holy Spirit was leading me through the through the glorious new covenant um, was about that the whole expression of what Christ did. And if you read Galatians, and har- Galatians should always be harnessed with Romans. It's really strange, but if you harness, if you read Romans and then follow it up with Galatians and then follow it up with Ephesians. There's a, you'll see a, a pattern of what Paul was establishing on sound theology and also sound doctrine and how deeply important it is because when you don't have that as a foundation, then, and I, I'm using that to explain this, my alignment with the freedom, like last week where I, I use the scripture in Isaiah, which is the scripture. The reason Isaiah 61 is so important is when Jesus came out of the wilderness, he fasted for 40 days, 40 nights. He gets tempted. He has an encounter and an exchange with the evil one. And he comes back. And when he comes back, this is the first thing that we know that he did. So he go, he go, he didn't go to the temple. He went, he went to I don't even know if it names it, but he went, he went to a local synagogue, if you will, if nothing else, to call it that. It wasn't called that back then. He, and there, it's, it, it must have been someplace familiar because it was his turn to read the scriptures. So he, and it's open to Isaiah. And so he walks in and he reads Isaiah, and it, Isaiah 61 was a prophecy about the Messiah. So it's all, all these things are like lining up. That's why I call it alignment. They align up and then he reads it. By the way, he doesn't read all of Isaiah 61. He only reads a, a small portion of it. And then he sits down, which that meant with authority. He sits down and he says, this is true today. In me, you see it. This scripture is me. It was like a tear through the fabric of the earth. And so the promise is that he has come to heal the brokenhearted, to come set captives free. And he's saying, right now, I'm telling you, this scripture is fulfilled. Look at me. In him, in him alone was the magnitude of this. So we go, how, how is it so... I don't know about you, but I haven't always been free. I've been captive, and especially here in our thinking. My thinking gets, 
it can get stinking. That's through sin. But it can also get not stinking, but faulty through the nurture of something that's not true. And it can get so our thinking is so deeply important. So when alignment comes, alignment isn't about your behavior. An alignment is so that you're, because God gave us this brain. Alignment is so that your thinking aligns itself with what God says to be true. As I, Jesus emphasized this over and over and over again. You'll see it multitude of times in the gospel, in one form or another. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah, Pilate, so what is truth? And he says, it's right here. I'm the truth. And it doesn't just mean true, it means it's a, uh, when you look at the understanding of the word, the word veritas there, it means true truth. So it means truth that happened and is happening. It continues to happen. It's, making, it's real important that your thoughts get this. And anybody, there's no age barrier, and that's how we get the mind of Christ uh, Paul writes to 1 Corinthians, our, our thoughts start aligning with what God thinks. Now, this is what A.W. Tozer, very famous 20th century theologian, said this. What you think, what comes into your mind, what image happens when you think of God is the most important thing about you. Because that regulates everything. Not the, you know, and it even comes down to this, and I've had many, 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 many experiences, but not the experiences you had, not what other people told you, but what, when your thinking aligns itself, it becomes the most important thing about you because it will determine your worship, it will determine how you live, it will determine how you interact with others, it will determine your view of yourself. It changes when. Our, our view and what we think about God can be high or low. You know, and, and Tozer, who he wrote this in the, I think, late 1940s and early 1950s, he was very dissatisfied with the church. And he said, the church's view of God is low. It's off. It's fractured. He said they're worshiping something that is not who God declares himself to be. So he writes this whole book called The Knowledge of the Holy, which is about the attributes of God, because God doesn't have character, or not, not in the same way, not personality or character as we know it. God is. So when we say, oh, that person is very kind and loving. I, I know Dave. Dave is very kind and loving. But when you talk about God, you go, God is love. Love isn't something that God uh, it, it, it's more than a character trait. It's more than, oh, he's such a sweet guy. No, 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 no. God is love. And we and we barely scratch the understanding. So when our thinking on those things come in, they have to align themselves with God's thinking. So if you look at Galatians 5.1, where we're going to start right here, 
Paul is writing, he's trying to explain this to the Galatian church who have traded their freedom in Christ to going back under the teachings of Moses. They're trying to keep the law once again in order to be right with God. He even goes so far to say, are you bewitched? Who, who cast a spell on you that you can't think right anymore? And so he takes them back because he was, he was the one that planted that church. And he's going, this isn't what I taught you at all. Who, who came behind me? And there were, there were a group of teachers that followed him up and said, no, 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 no. We, ha we have to remain true to this first covenant. We have to remain true to Moses. And he was like, no. So he writes in Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Why did Jesus set you free? For freedom. What does that mean? Well, if you put your thinking cap on, it means I'm not bound to anything that went before. I'm free now in Christ. I'm free to be completely the new creation he made me to be. So it is literally, it was for freedom that he set us free. So that you'd walk in that. You would enjoy the thinking in that. He said, then don't let yourselves be burdened by, again, a yoke of slavery. And it's referring to going back under the law. He says, don't do that. Don't turn. Don't exchange what you have to long for it again. You have it. And when you try and exchange it for something, you've just given away the very thing you're going to have to strive to try and get. It's like a, it's a, I'm going to, it creates mental illness. You're not thinking in your right head. You're, I, uh, not because of the, the other stuff about it, but that was like, there's various lines in the movie Braveheart that I just absolutely love. It's like when, when uh, the Irishman is talking to, to William Wallace and the guy's trying to kill him. He's, and why the Irishman takes him out with it. He wasn't right in the head. Well, we're not right in the head too much of the time. And, our, and our, so our thinking becomes misaligned from what Jesus said he came to do. What did Jesus come to do? Redeem you and give you a right mind, a right heart a right stance before him, a right righteousness, not of your works, but of what he did. So all of God's plan was redemption, and he wants you to think of things that way. When we're not aligned with God's true nature of freedom, we live with a sense of fear. It's amazing. So many believers I talk to, so many followers of Christ they're scared and they're scared of God because they were taught to have the fear of God well the so they're afraid that they haven't done enough okay to be okay with God and so it present listen it's an easy trap to get thinking this way I'll explain that a little bit uh, later more because this is what, when fear, do, fear does this, this kind of fear especially, it drives us to legalism. 
Legalism drives us to performance. The word, that, that very word legalism, it actually means to bind. It's tied to the word ligament. It's what holds it together. When our performance is never enough, a cycle begins to happen. Wrong thinking. You'll go back to patterns of thinking that aren't aligned with the freedom of Christ. It's easy to slip into, I, I still have it today. You think, oh, whenever I say to myself, oh geez, I should be praying more. Well, that may be true, but for, then you have to go, why? What's going on with you, Lloyd? Oh, we'll talk later. It, it causes me, if I'm going to pray more, it's because I'm in relationship with God. He's with me all the time. Um, I, I don't know how you are, but like, I was t talking to somebody this past week. I said, I pray all the time. They said, what do you mean? I said, I don't know. I just, I'm always talking with the Lord. If I'm not talking with somebody else, I'm probably talking internally with God. I'm always checking in with him now. Because I'm, I'm one with him. And that's the way I'm beginning to think this way. And, well, so, now see, there's a part of my personality that really likes that, that I'm weird. I like that kind of weird. I like that, that they can notice that I'm different and weird. Now that's my human pride, which is stinking thinking. But then part of me, I go, yeah. Until Christ is revealed to them, they're not going to understand this. And they're not going to understand me. Because I'm free. And there's this, there's this living and moving. In him we live and move and have our being. Um, when the misalignment happens, we start being afraid of losing what makes us feel secure. So we hold tightly onto every resource our mind can develop and try to control ourselves, other people, and situations. That's always where it goes to. When the alignment of freedom gets off, I want to control. And I want to get you, and I want you to think the way I see it. And then it starts exercising within my thought process, and I start thinking weird. And then I do this, if you're like me, then I compare myself. It happens in nanoseconds. Well, they're off, and I'm right. They're, they're this, I'm that. That, that. A couple of you are smiling at me. At least a couple other people know that this is what we really do. We do these little comparisons, whether they're okay or not okay. When that kind of non-alignment starts taking place, then we're no longer free. We've now put ourselves back under a yoke of slavery and we are again captive. This happens especially at holiday times. Huh? We get together with our family and nobody knows your buttons like your family. They, they, can, they can push a button and you can be walking in freedom and then you get over there to Thanksgiving and weird Uncle Freddy does something 
says something that reminds you of something that got an emotional memory triggered and all of a sudden you're thinking stinking. And, it get, and, and you find yourself going back to old patterns of non-freedom thinking. Is this making sense? So, this is what Paul, Paul writes this in Colossians 2. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. These were the teachers. Again, this is, had to write the same thing to the Colossians. Teachers coming behind and saying, yeah, well, it's that, but it's this also. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and your steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. And then he gives a a warning. Now, how can that be? This just worked. We're having such a glitch with this thing. It's such an irritant. There we go. So, and all of a sudden, he's, he's right here is where he switches. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the word, and not according to Christ. Jesus is the freedom bringer. How Jesus thinks is the only right way of thinking. With me? How Jesus sees it and how Paul proclaimed it in the new covenant, that's the real reality. It's how we're supposed to think. He said, and don't let them Come along and cheat you out of this. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them steal it from you. Don't let them add anything to it. Why? For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are what? Complete in him. Who is the head of all principality and power. It makes you want to do an Oprah thing. You're complete. You're complete. You're complete. You're complete today. But I don't feel complete. It's your thinking. What would happen if we started thinking, I'm complete in Christ? Instead of praying that I would lack no good thing, what if I say I lack no good thing? I'm filled with Christ this day. When you walk into work, I'm, I'm going to be Christ here today. Whew. Now you're doing the same thing he said. Please connect it with Isaiah 61. That's what he was doing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. What if you got up every morning and said that? Looked in the mirror and said, the Spirit of the Lord God is on you. All of a sudden, your, your, your emotions, your thinking, guess what it does? Alignment starts happening. Your thinking, your believing, your now putting your faith in Christ, not in changed circumstances or people or even yourself, you're now, that alignment thing starts happening. 
Why is that so important? Because the captivity of strongholds have to be broken. And strongholds are this. They are captivity of mind and emotion that wars against our spirit. If there's anything, you don't have two different natures. You have faulty thinking. I have one nature, it is Christ. He's given me, I'm born again with a new nature. It's, it says in Hebrews, he's given you a new heart. You don't have that kind of war going inside of you. That would drive each of us insane and we would, we would shut down. What you do have is this thing that attacks your mind and it wars against, through it against your spirit. Our broken hearts remain wounded and captive and our spirits actually remain heavy when we're not aligned with God's truth and the nature of his being. Now, we're going to look at what, what we were taught as spiritual warfare over the coming weeks. I'll probably step on some toes with this because I know it's, you have traditions and doctrines and these various things. But I was taught some things that I will, I will go after me, not you, okay? about those things, about where I had, what principality I needed to bind and whether I had the spirit of rejection coming after me again and how to bind the spirit of rejection, da, 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 da. And all it was, was my thinking wasn't aligned with Christ. So where it says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. See, they're not this warning that we just had. Beware of this. That's carnality. Cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. That's carnal thinking. He said, they're not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. The word stronghold there, when you study it out, it's mindset. Your mind is set in a certain pattern of thinking. That's what that stronghold is. And for many of us, we were taught that that was a demonic thing and you had to learn the devil's name and which demon was coming after you and you had to bind that up with prayers and you had to cast it away or cast it out. And then could a Christian have a demon or more could a demon have a Christian? And, and it became this very complex dance that honestly, I just went, I don't understand all this. How, how do I, How? It just felt so gobbledygook, and what I always ended up feeling was ashamed. I couldn't get it. I couldn't get it right enough. I couldn't pray it out, and I could be pretty good for about six weeks, and then weird Uncle Freddy showed up. And poom, right back into the old pattern of thinking. Or wake up and have, have wonderful Brenda say something to me that triggered a response that was really awful. And then you get in that path, and then you do that thinking. That's the stronghold. Faulty thinking is a stronghold in the mind. That's it and why is it called a stronghold? Because it has a stronghold on you. Almost at times seems inescapable. But that violates the scripture of what Jesus said of what was true of him in Isaiah 61. I came to set free the captive. I'm captive to something. My thoughts are. 
I can't seem to get beyond it. And a lot of times that's where, this is what's hard. It's not that other people are creating anxious thoughts for us. It's we're creating anxious thoughts from what other people are saying. But we blame them for it. You made me angry. No, they can't make you angry. They can say things that cause you to go into a stronghold pattern of being angry, but they can't make you be anything. You're free. <laughs> I need more than one amen. This is so, so, this is where, oh, it's always so hard for me because I don't mean this in a bragging way, but I've grown. I'm different. I'm a different person, and I've grown in this. That's why I know you can, because I was the stinkiest thinker on the earth, at least within my own thought process. And I couldn't understand how I could be a believer and a follower of Jesus and then have those thoughts come up. And so I would try and take authority and still feel guilty and ashamed of it. So I still walk with a cloak of shame, but then I put another cloak over that that was called false humility so that you wouldn't know about my cloak of shame of what I really felt. This stuff we were taught. So when I say the word alignment... And in a word, we've got to go to this next slide. In a word, alignment with freedom looks like something. It looks like a healthy spiritual life. And when we're led by the Spirit, then we're seen as the sons of God. That's what Romans teaches us. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. We keep trying to be the sons of God, and we are when we're led by the Spirit who lives in us. So this is what it looks like. This is what, when alignment happens, our broken hearts are healing and healed. They are both healed and are in the being healed through and, and from things in his unconditional love. His unhindered love for us is the foundation for our freedom. He gave you Christ. The song would say, what more could he give? He gave you his everything because his everything was himself who is Christ, who was in the beginning. He gave you his word. And then this is what 1 Corinthians says. He gave you the ability to have the mind that he has. That's stunning. His proclamations of our freedom are changing how we see and think about God and ourselves and our others. We are living in the reality of the new covenant where we are justified by faith alone. Wherever my thinking, when I have to take captive thoughts, it's because of that that. I'm not living in the reality of justified by faith alone in what Christ did. 
I'm looking to be justified by other things. When he's offering me comfort, so Isaiah 40, comfort my people. When he's offering comfort, when, he, he, when he's walking into that, here's how you know that your thinking's aligning. You receive it. You don't get into this prayer thing where, and when you're talking with other believers, I don't really deserve it. The minute you say the word deserve, your thinking's going to be off. Well, he gave it to me, though I didn't deserve it. You now put a qualification on it that says that you were something that couldn't be saved or shouldn't have been. And we even teach on definitions of mercy and grace that, are, that align themselves with that. This is what grace is and this is what mercy is. Grace is you get what you don't deserve and mercy is you don't get what you should have got. Actually, the word mercy is tied to God's loving kindness and is translated that. It was his choice. When we receive it, our new identity is wrapped in the reality that we are one with him. We are in co-union. When you re- every time you receive this from God, you put whatever spiritual language you on it. You say, Lord, I need more grace. Well, you're in co-union with Christ. When you say, Lord, give me more grace, what is he going to do? No, you're not thinking right, so I don't think I'm going to do that right now. No, 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 no. We'll wait until 2 o'clock when you have this encounter. Our, our thinkings, we do weird stuff, you guys, with, with the way we think. And we think that God leans. How does God see you right now? I'm not looking for a particular answer. I just want you to think about it. How God sees you in your union with Christ. How do you believe God sees you right now? Lacking? Not good enough? Okay, but... And God grades on the curve? Yesterday I got a D, but tomorrow, if I do these things, I'll get a B. You are in union with God in such a way, if you can imagine this, God is breathing with you. That's what in him we live and move and have our being meets. You're in Christ today. You're free. So when, when we start aligning ourselves that way, then the little things, you know, it's, it's just like it. Because we have really distorted views. So you have a three-year-old at the house. And the three-year-old leans over the table, and you just warned him, make sure you leave your glass in the center of the table, or you're going to bump it, and you're going to spill the milk, and then they spill the milk. How do you treat that child? 
You're so stupid. Can't you get anything right? I just told you not to spill the milk. No right-thinking parent would do that. But yet that's our view of our, how God sees us. Because we spilt the milk, he's horribly upset with us and doesn't like us anymore. Or he's furious with us that we can't get it right. He died because you couldn't get it right. Do you hear me? He died because you couldn't ever get it right. You not only spilt the milk, you spilled everything. You spilt the whole beans. So he's not thinking that way about you. Then you can do the next thing in alignment. We handed him our ashes, this life, and marvel at the beauty that he gave us back, that he returned to us. We are changed forever now. Eternally secure that we have passed from judgment into life. Jesus actually, in looking forward to the cross, said when they receive me, they have passed through judgment into life. Don't be scared of judgment day. I don't care how many teachers taught you something to be afraid of the great white throne judgment or the judgment seat of Christ. You have nothing to fear. Nothing. There's nothing to fear. You can be eternally secure that Christ won it for you. And when those old thinkings get in the way, speak that truth to them. So we choose... To praise his unchanging faithfulness, and we're being strengthened and rebuilt. I can't get all the thinking correct and aligned correctly, but man, it's moved so much, and my thinking has changed so much that it's freedom. And, and so I start blessing him that he's doing that. I'm getting it. I, uh, Now, I've been, uh, not accused, it's been described of me that for a man I'm very emotional and stuff. But it wasn't always that way. But I tell you what, I was out at the lake right after sunrise this past week and was out there by myself on Friday morning. And it was so beautiful, I just started crying. I just couldn't, because the water, there wasn't any wind, and it was like glass, and you could see the trees reflected in the water and the sky, and it's like they blended into one thing, and I went, oh, God, such beauty. And then here's what happened. My thoughts went, that's how you see me. I am so beautiful to you. I mean, I started snotting, crying, not like a little tear, not a little emotional moment. I just, I went, oh, God, help me to see me the way you see me. You know, because truth be told, it was kind of earlier in the week, it was rough with my thinking, with my behavior, my mouth shooting off. That's not who I am. In him, I'm beauty. Really? I know y'all looking at me. In him I'm beautiful. He delights over me. 
This is a prophecy in Zephaniah. It says, he will rejoice over you with song. You have your own song. You want to feel special? He has a song named Lloyd that's for me. No other Lloyd in the earth gets that song. Only this Lloyd. And he sings it over me. And if that can't bring you to tears, then yeah, you need some alignment with your thinking. I want you to think about it all week. He has a song with your name that he sings over you. Song of freedom. Song of hope. Song of cherishment. A song of like. Song of mercy. Song of hope. And why haven't the circumstances lined up and I got what I wanted? Truth be told, you're, he's everything you'll ever need. Because he wants to give you abundant life here and now, and that's part of the song. So I want, I want to close with this, and then we'll look at it again this week. It's... It's a, not just about what you're being freed from. It's who you're, when, you, when this starts aligning, you start seeing who you've been freed into. Not just freed from something, but I'm freed to be something. That's the game changer. That's what he talks about in Ephesians. And it happens through one way. Not an equation, it's very one simple thing, and that's what we're going to look at as real spiritual warfare. It's that we can have our minds renewed. Your mind can be renewed. When it feels old and there's old patterns of thinking, your mind can be renewed and you're being formed to something. You're being set free to something. And your mind can be renewed in that. That's actually what repentance is. So we'll get, look at it. Let me pray for us. God, I pray for the alignment of things in our lives, in our thinking. Lord, I pray for each one of us that we would be given a taste of that freedom, a really healthy meal taste. Mm, your home-cooked meal. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I pray for that taste this week. That we would understand that the Lord is so good that we're good. And that you would just do that in our lives this week, in our, in our thinking. That we wouldn't get caught by circumstances. Lord, we're not bound by COVID circumstances. We're not bound by political circumstances. We're not bound by this group or that group. We're free. Free people. And it is for freedom that you set us free. Do that in our hearts this week. In Jesus' name. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.